Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The weekly wrap on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on The Breakfast Huddle. Bharati Jagdish and Ryan Huang with you. Now, it was announced this week that future HDB flats in certain locations will be subject to tighter buying and selling conditions under a new prime location public housing model, the PLH model, it's called. And this model aims to keep future HDB flats in prime central locations affordable and inclusive. But why is such a model only introduced now? And will it cause an effect on the property markets here, especially the private property market? We're joined now by Lee Naijia. He's Deputy Director of the Institute of Real Estate and Urban Studies. Good morning, Naijia. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for having me here. Now, first of all, let's talk about the timing of this announcement. Some might say that, you know, something like that should have been introduced a long time ago. Why do you think it's only happening now, though? I think one of the key reasons that we are seeing it happen now is because of the availability of the greater softer waterfront. Mm. In the past, the government did try to introduce public housing in the central areas, but it's kind of limited. And one of the reasons is because central areas are all very built up. You know, you have the commercial buildings, they have all the conserved buildings. So there's a limited amount of space for them to do this kind of uh, large-scale public housing over time. So I think the greater soccer waterfront gives them that opportunity. But because of that, they also need to rethink and rebuild their housing model because mm. to prevent, you know, this lottery effect and to think about how best to achieve the social objectives. Yeah, Nigel, you talk about that lottery effect, right? It's how people can get into a BTO at a relatively cheaper price and then selling it at a much higher price because of its location. Maybe we can just take a step back and walk us through the finer details of um, what stands out for you from this new model. Yes. So the lottery effect is like what you say, people buy at a much lower price and then after that, when they sold it in the recent market, they could make a very large win, significant windfall gain. And I think the thing about this PLH model, there are a few things that are very interesting about this whole model. The first thing is the longer minimum occupation period is 10 years. Uh, compared to the, the other one, uh, which is only five years. And I think the second thing that I think is very interesting is um, the, the owners, you know, if they were to sell it in the resale market, uh, part of the subsidy, there will be this subsidy recovery that will kick in at the point of time when they sell it back to the resale market. We will talk more about subsidies in a moment, but to what extent would you say the announced measures are actually adequate in achieving these goals of affordability, accessibility and inclusivity? Are there gaps or deficiencies that you feel have yet to be addressed? Or is it all good? I think that in in all policies, right, there will be certain groups that may be omitted initially um, because of the limited supply of such products. So definitely there will be still some gaps. But I personally think that, you know, for this DHL model, at least at this start, they have considered pretty much uh, quite many angles. And they have actually considered, there's a lot of consideration going behind the scenes uh, of all the, the, the measures that they come up with. And there's a very valid reason for why such measures are in place. So I think in general, it's a very well thought of, the whole policy is very well thought. But of course, there will be some people that may feel aggrieved 
that they may be omnipotent, like the singles or the Singapore PRs. So I think that is probably in the cake, but because of that is due to the limited resources. Yeah, Nigel, I just wanted you to expand on that because it does seem like some population segments are being left out. So you're saying this is because of uh, limited supply and they are just trying to narrow it down to who uh, should be prioritised? Yes, I think that is one of the things they need to prioritise. And then the second thing is to control the market, to ring the market so that the prices won't go so crazy high, you know, over time. So... Why do you need to prioritize? Because any day when, when we, they have this public housing in the central area, they have to fork out quite a significant sum of subsidies. So the idea is how do you maximize the overall social and society benefits from this? Of course, you have to prioritize between families and individuals. And then, of course, some singles, you know, maybe they may come into the picture at a much later stage. But at this point in time, you know, focusing on the families probably makes more sense because the housing as a good is indivisible. You can't like divide into three parts or make it smaller just for the singles. Mm. Since all of this has been announced, Mm. I do hear some concerns among people about whether or not these flats can be kept affordable in the long run on the resale market. Any reassurances there? So that is also, I think they have placed quite a fair bit of measures. So they bring friends, the, the type of buyers that, yeah. can, uh, that can buy in the resale market. So the resale buyers, uh, they will be, they were subject to an income ceiling of $14,000. They cannot rent it out the whole unit and even after they achieve the minimum occupation period. And the thing is also they cannot own a private apartment, say, in the past 30 months, which is much stringent than the previous you know, BTO flats. Mm-hmm. So what does this mean is that those that are coming in to purchase either for rental, yield, or for capital gains, they will think twice about it. So in terms of the demand, it will be much more watered down. Uh, so prices are likely to see that kind of uh, large price appreciation. And I think in terms of resale activity, it will be actually uh, much slower. Yeah, Naitya, talking about the potential impact on the property market as a whole, what do you think this will mean in terms of ripple effects? Because uh, this is a bit of a big change when it comes to how these might be priced in future. Right. So I think because this model is really applied to a singular project or to certain locations, personally, I don't find that it may have a very large impact on the retail public housing retail market. It probably also has very limited impact on the private housing market because sometimes buyers that purchase private housing, they probably are thinking about the amenities, the facilities, and there are other whole lot of factors that comes into their decision-making matrix. For the resale one, I would think that people will pause and think whether they should go for this new, new model. But of course, I think because of the restrictions, it will water down some of the demand. That means some of the demand will be filtered away. So I personally think that in terms of resale market, in terms of market impact, I think it will be quite marginal. Thanks very much for that. Lee Naichia, Deputy Director of the Institute of Real Estate and Urban Studies. Thanks for joining us on The Breakfast Huddle on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.